Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the afternoon here on Ausbiz. Uh, you've tuned in to the call live from our Barangaroo studios. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to two experts. We cover it all in one hour on this Monday, the 28th of March. And uh, two of our favourite experts, so much so people write uh, in questions and stocks specifically for these two. They don't want to hear from anybody else. Why is the big question. Maiden <laughs> uh, Sobasandara from Deep Data Analytics joins us and his old sparring partner. Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. How I, are you I guys? just love that you feel comfortable enough to, to, to join in the sparring. <laughs> oh, yeah, the sledging, right. share yeah, the sledging. Yeah, love the sledging. <laughs> That's fabulous. What's um, the point otherwise? Yeah. How are you going? How are you viewing the market at the moment? Australian market mm. seems to be so much steadier than the US yeah. at the moment all over the place. Well, we hear this a lot about Australia. Whenever, you know, for the last 10 years, there's been this refrain of why hasn't Australia participated um, in this big bull market. We've yeah. gone up nowhere near as much as the Americans no. have gone up. And that's a lot to do with the composition of our indexes. And if you're investing in indexes, um, you've got to be very aware of what you're actually buying. And in the US, it's, it's actually a, a really good collection of stocks, well diversified and a good, yeah. um, a good composition of tech. We all know what Australian indexes are. They're banks, resources, and a couple right. of big stocks. And yep. um, Banks and resources, probably 50% of the index right there. And, and those things drive what the aggregate is doing. So why have we done a lot better? Well, resources have done better, mm. hence the index has done better. Yeah, yeah look, that's, that's bang on. I mean, it's, it's to do with the fact that America outperformed so much because you had so much stimulus and the growth stocks ran. Yep. And America is pretty much a proxy for growth stocks. So if you look at Australia, we're the, the flip side. We're the commodity play, the reflation play. Um, so in a reflation cycle, we do well. And as Gurev said, we're dominated by resources and banks. Resources, especially with BHP coming back, it's a big chunk. And the banks, the dominant player who trades the banks are global guys, and they're trading for currency. Right. Currency is basically your commodity place. So yep. the two big sectors just play with commodities. So yep. you know, okay. we, we've, had, we've held up a lot better than most people think. So is that's another argument for making sure you have some diversity overseas. If you think there's a growth play coming, you don't have the opportunities here. Look, I think it's, it ought to be a caution for those who think index investing is a substitute for thoughtful investing. Right. And it's, it's mm. not. I think you can make that case in the US. You've got to be very careful. If all you do is, is, is doing is index investing in Australia, You've got to be very careful because it's it, uh, no one, no financial planner, no sensible investor would go up and say, "Yeah, put a third of your your, your money into um, resources and put twenty percent in banks." I think that's just it's madness. Yeah, and yeah. millions of Australians are doing it every single day without thinking. And I think we ought to think about that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. it's tough, uh, but the reality is, I think what people need to understand is, people think if you buy U.S., you're buying global growth. No, you're buying just growth. 
you're buying a growth market. Right. In yeah. Australia, you have more. So it's an, actually an interesting balance. Mm. You should be looking at the cycle and switching between Australia and US if you want to play the, the yep. reflation and the growth play. So I think it's interesting and it's evolving to even bigger than what it used to be. So Australia is even more cyclical and US is even more growth oriented. So okay. it's becoming more and more. All right. Uh, our first five stocks we're going to take a look at in this half hour, PYC Therapeutics, OptiScan Imaging, Austin Engineering, <coughs> excuse me, Money Me, and Jervis Mining. But stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at the ASX only because this morning at Tolga Market, there is a strong likelihood of delay to the go live date of its chess replacement pro project. This is this blockchain project. Mm -hmm. uh, the exchange now has its sights set on July for the software update rather than the end of April. Uh, it's still saying this year. Uh, seems to have been going on for a lot of years. <laughs> Investors may recall the ASX was scrutinised after a software bug caused a trading outage in November last year. So the pressure is on to avoid problems in uh, around this time. Now, the stock dipped. I'm not sure it's on the back of this announcement, but I thought it's worth looking at the ASX as, uh, as an investment at the moment and this continual delay of the new technology. Nathan, does it, does it play into your sort of view of ASX at all? Yeah, look, I think, I think ASX, uh, look, I don't think the market would be surprised by the delay. Mm -hmm. It's almost a, um, it's like a, when stocks do one-off uh, issues, but happens every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah. a one-off, yeah, yeah. it's a regular one-off. Um, and ASX delaying technology is not really a one-off. It's a regular one-off. Yeah. So in, I think the market already knew that was always going to play out. Um, I have to give them credit. They do. They are going through a fair amount of rebuilding internally. They've got a lot of new, um, I suppose, restructure going through. And that's about the technology change. So I think it's getting better and better. But the track record of technology is weak to very weak. Right. Uh, but it's a, it's a good quality defensive play. It's a utility. It's a, it's a dependable uh, monopoly dominant player. It's a, you know, we, we actually, this is probably one of the, we traded it really well. We got it sub 70, we got out at 90, and it's come back. It's, it's actually fairly priced. I don't think you're getting the discount. Um, I don't think it's expensive. Um, the cycle is probably going to get a bit weaker. Um, you've had, you know, cap raising left, right and center. All of yep. these um, have played out quite well in the last year or so. Yep. Um, you know, if you're a broker and you didn't uh, do well last year, good luck next yeah. year. Um, <laughs> so in that scenario, I think ASX is a good stock, but it's, it's a bit like um, buying a house. If you buy it at the right time with ASX, you love the stock. Yep. If you buy it at the wrong time, you sit there and look at it. Is now the right time to buy it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think you'll get a discount. I think you'll right. get lower. So I'll be waiting to see it. I'll be looking at low 70s. And when things start to, you know, when, when it gets to 70s, people are not looking at this, and that's the time to buy. And I think there's a, there's a real chance that this could be a potential takeover target again. Mm. Uh, that's just a free kick. Um, it pays about a 3% yield. So it, you know, in, in a current environment, that's solid. Um, it's a dominant player. It's non-correlated to the economy. Actually, it's, it actually is good in a market that might get hit yep. because more selling that they do more. Right. So they actually do well in the bad market. Both ways, exactly. Right. So yep. it's one of those non-correlated stocks that you can look at and it's a large cap, dependable. So yeah, it's a bit like Woolies to me. Right. You buy these things for non-correlated upside. Right. 
So not now. You'd, not now. You'd I, hold it if you're still. Yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. holding it. And if it gets to low 70s, I'm a buyer. Okay. There's still a bit of cyclicality here, though, Maeve. Um Every time there's a big bull market, you get a lot more IPOs coming sure. aboard. Yep. Listing numbers rise, and you get those one-off listing fees as well as more stocks paying you annuity fees. No one should argue about the quality of ASX. This is a superb business, and it's obvious why. It's a classic network effects business, um, and you know that, that's obvious. I don't, I don't think there's no ins there's no great insight there, um, but it's a slow-growing business, and that means that despite its quality, the price you pay matters with ASX, and we have to think about that pretty carefully. So, you know, this is Nathan mentioned a three percent yield that looks quite sustainable. I know it looks very high on a PE basis, but that's because a lot of a lot of the cash comes, a lot of the earnings come through as cash. And I think on a on a free cash flow basis is a more reasonable way of looking at this business rather right. than a PE basis. Um, so you get three percent yield. I think earnings can probably grow four percent or you so. You got to think of this as a utility without the debt. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, you could yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. what you pay the multiple for because it's a utility without the debt. So and yeah. with franking credits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And if and a free kick if. If somebody bids on it, you get the free key. Well, you, you, I think the total return you're looking at here is somewhere between sort of six, seven percent. Um, and if, if that's you, if you're happy with a very good quality business giving you six mm. or seven percent in a lowish risk environment, I, I think you can buy it. But for me, I, I think this is a solid hold. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot better than this, I think. But it is a high quality business. And Maith, we've spoken about the potential for a takeover or an acquisition in this in this um, area. I think it makes a lot of sense for ASX to link up with international exchanges, yeah. and it must be a target on weakness for some of the bigger exchanges, I think. Yeah. Well, it's been tried before, it wasn't seen for, and then got knocked back, but yeah, now, I, I think, now Chai X is I think a bit stronger, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. I think the bigger, likely dancing partner is London Stock Exchange. Right. Because they've got the technology, they've got the platforms, and a lot of Europeans want to uh, have Chinese exposure, but they right. don't want to go to China. Right. They want to play through Australia. So that <coughs> makes it, makes a good link, mm. and the technology with London Stock Exchange is a hell of a lot. And so and charge is owned by a Chicago board of you know, CBO, CBO, so yeah. at least there's some yeah. competition there. Well, that's the thing, and and for me, it was always about that. They yeah. needed a they needed the competitors to be able to solve. Right. Sold. Yeah. Now they can be. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks mm. that you want us to take a look at. And uh, Lyndon has two stocks, so we'll do the first one first. Uh, two biomedical picks. Uh, Lyndon says both are story stocks. Uh, he's held them for a long time uh, when they were two cents, but severely trimmed his position um, as biomedical totally out of favour. Uh, question, when do you go in and out of story stocks or is it totally random and based on conviction? Uh, the first one is PYC Therapeutics, uh, target organ delivery of drugs via proteins. They've got a huge patent library of proteins, still in experimental phase, huge blue sky if they get something going. Yeah, look, I'm a sucker for biotechs. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how's that going for you, mate? Well, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, there's a time and a place. Mm. Right. You know, there's a time and a place for every sector. Yep. There's a thematic. It's not never <laughs> and never. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. beg to differ. Every dog has its day. <laughs> every dog has a price. So I'm, I'm happy to play on anything as long as the thematic sets up for me. Mm. Uh, we said this before. When commodities are doing well, don't go near biotechs mm. because the punters 
always loved the blue sky. Commodities right, right now are going insane. Yep. Actually, they were insane already. Now they're going psychotic. Now, that's not going to attract biotech players at this point. So it's a tough market. Uh, look, as the viewer said, look, he's been there for a while. He's had a good run. He's, t- he, you know, hopefully he, what he says, he took some profit. So yep. he's managing it well. That's, yep. that's smart investing. In the biotech space, we are doing this. So you've got to manage risk. these stocks actively. You've got to manage. You can't be yeah. a... You can't, you, can't get, you can't get sucked into the blue sky. You've got to manage your way through because yep. these things take a long time. These are 10-year-old cycle to be an overnight success. Uh, and so you're hopefully there when it does the big pop, but you've got to be there for a long time. And they're going to burn a lot of money. They're going to raise a lot of money. Um, in... In, in, as far as P, PYC is concerned, I actually heard this code and I only remember codes, I don't remember names. Right. Maybe the data in me. Um, so I've heard this a few times. Um, look, they're, they're working on a new program, RP11, going through the FDA process. <coughs> Looks interesting, retinal, central nervous system. Look, these are interesting areas. I don't know too many players with solutions in that. That's what makes it interesting. But it's early stage. Uh, they got cash, so they don't have to come in. You know, they're not gonna dilute you tomorrow. But the share price is telling you the market has seen the optimism that's priced in. Now everyone's kind of worrying. Uh, it's going to be tough for growth stocks. These are growth stocks. Yep. So as I said before, when commodities are running, you don't want to be here. I'm not jumping in now. If he sold some, I continue to take profit more and more um, at, because I think in the shorter term, it's going to struggle. But you know, this is the problem at the moment. We are in. A, I actually think the central banks have got this wrong. Actually, history tells you they get it wrong every time, and they've done it again. Uh, and so when you go into this cycle, we are in a deleveraging cycle. It's a reflation cycle. It's massively positive for commodities, but there's always a but. The problem is when costs go up, it hits growth, and then it hits commodities as well. Right. So in a shorter term, I think there's a risk to commodities because everyone's in commodities. But in the medium to long term, I think commodities still outperform. Okay. So in that tells me for biotechs, it's a tough market at the moment. This right. is an interesting one. I don't know enough about the management. Management's got a decent holding. If you trust the management, have a bit in it. And if they deliver, blue sky. Right. But I think the sector will struggle. Okay, and the answer, when do you go in and out? Um, you go in when commodities aren't in favor. That's it. Uh, and when growth people, stocks people are running. When people don't want to be in uh, commodities, that's when biotechs run. I. I disagree with pretty much everything that we just said <laughs> yeah um, look I'm gonna apologize to Lyndon up front and say I know nothing about this business and I have almost zero interest in learning as well you know I, I consider myself a curious investor but the first task when you're investing is to know yourself um, yep. know what what your own biases are what your own interests are know what you want to invest in and what you want to avoid and for me I see a page full of medical mumbo jumbo and my eyes just glaze over. I don't want to learn about this stuff. I've got limited time, I've got a universe of stocks and you know, I don't want to spend an afternoon on, on this well, stuff when there's is commodity it, is stocks it, around. Is that very subjective though? It is, that's, that's what my next because point was being. You might, you might be someone who actually is the other way around. I know, I know lo- mo- all my colleagues- Because you're a fact, mining person. Well, I quite like you? mining and all my colleagues glaze over when I bring some mining stock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Try to lecture them about um, graphite or some esoteric uh, material and they just they throw things at me like they could not be more bored right um, and none of them have owned a mining stock um, not, couldn't get them in coal 
Um, you know, that's just, I think the individual is really important. Investing is not just about buying businesses and, and watching share prices. Um, the first task is to know yourself and you've got yep. to buy something that's compatible with the kind of person you are. Um, now, if, if, that's, if, that, if that's this area, then um, by all means. But I'm, 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 my apologies, it's just not my thing and I don't mm. know how to analyze these things. I will say yeah. that as an analyst, we, we look at a lot of business models. We get very good at, um, at uh, pattern recognition and understanding which business models work and which ones don't work and quickly recognizing traits um, that are familiar. I don't see any traits that really ring a bell here okay. with me. And I have, there's no finances to analyze, so I can't really offer much in terms of um, financial analysis. I will ask of you, Lyndon, um, why are you buying this stock? You must have an investment thesis. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying that blue sky, the Mathan approach of if they get it right, you know, they could do this. I, I think that's a really dangerous way to invest money. Um, it's okay for a seasoned pro like Math who will have controls in place. Um, you know, he'll monitor his position size and he uses math to tell the future. But from us, okay. <laughs> you know, you got you got to be you got to have it. I, a, a I hear case. where you're coming. So yeah. a lot of it is in your own personal special interest. Yeah, that's um, right. What I you think can so. do with that. Having I mean, said be, that, sorry, I'll jump in and say he's actually been there yeah. through the cycle. Yeah, yeah. So my guess is he knows, he knows a bit of that. I, th I think so. I think so. And I think that yeah. tells, and the fact that he sold some yeah. tells me as someone who's kind of knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Someone who has gone through the process of yeah. doing yeah. it stupidly. Like you with yeah. your mining explorers. Yeah, yeah. I think right. so. You, you get sucked so. in. Yeah. So he's not getting sucked in. He's not saying, I'll buy more. Right. It's, it's like when, when you start, when people start to say, buy yeah. the dip. You're right, you're right. Buy the dip without <laughs> knowing what it is. Yeah. Uh, I go, um, you're yeah, a yeah. worry. Yeah. He doesn't sound like he's a worry because he, his logic for me yeah. sounds good because he's looking at multiple um, biotechs yep. and he's taking profit and he's willing to move. Hmm. So, you know, yeah. The man knows what he's doing. I'm just saying, yeah, it's a tough sector right now, mm. so you've got to be careful. But yeah, look, you're right. You have to be a certain type of person, right? I look at biotechs and go, the spiefiest biotech. I go, the number I'll still of have a the look number at of spiefy biotechs I've heard from <laughs> yeah, Nathan yeah. pitched. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you <laughs> yeah. did look closely at yeah. Rhythm Biosciences. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eight nine months ago, yep. here on the call, yep. uh, spun out of CSR. Use a blood test to detect cancer. Yep. On the, you on went the, through the board yep. and the whole thing. You're yep. impressed. You yeah. put your mining explorer hat on yeah. and went into that bio. Yeah. So what's bio the difference, tech. I suppose, you're asking? Well, I guess, as I said, we go through a lot of businesses and every now and again, you see something that you think, oh, aha, that yes. looks interesting. Um, and that's not to say that the stuff you put aside is all rubbish. The stuff you put aside is something that doesn't ring that pattern recognition bell with you. It's just yes. something you haven't seen before. Yep. But if I've seen something before yep. um, and it rings a bell, then that can be interesting. And that yep. was the case for Rhythm. We've also um, oh, we've also had a buy recommendation on Clinuvel Pharmaceuticals. Yes. Yep. We've got a gun medical analyst on the team, I should say, right. with a science background, under the, understands this stuff. I sleep during his presentations, but he's very, very good at them. Right. So yeah. um, he takes I was just looking up Rhythm yeah. before when yeah. you guys had a look at it, was trading it. 51 cents, it's gone up to just over $2 and currently a $1.50. But it's, it's actually, $1.30. you know, it's further down in number of the ponies. Yes. And you're going, geez, you've got to be. further along. Yeah, so the, the potential, it, it's a bit of a, I guess if you're like betting on a horse, 
you know, if the 3,200 meters, you, this one is you're betting at 2,500 yeah. rather than this one you're betting yeah. on at the first uh, 500. Can I, right. can I so add yeah, to that yeah, analogy? Yeah, yeah. That's it's, a good analogy. You, you don't want to be betting um, at the starting gates. Yeah. If yeah. you can make the same bet while the horses are already running, yeah. um, then that's the time to make your bet. And I feel as though with rhythm, those horses are bolted. Very, it's already in the yeah. lead. Yeah. And if you can make a reasonable bet at that yeah. point, then you have a, the, an, an advantage. And you've got more, more data, yeah. more products, you've got that's more right. horses on the race. So you've got a better risk return bet then. I okay. think that's and, right. And that's, that's key. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, second stock uh, Linda wanted was OptiScan mm. Imaging. Um, uh, it uh, uses optics to differentiate between cancer and normal cells real time during mm. an operation. Already got uptake by numerous institutions, indications broadening beyond neurosurgery faster surgery, decrease yeah. health costs. Is that further along yeah, look, uh, the list? Uh, you love again, it. Again, again, you love again. it a race? <laughs> Is it in the home stretch? Uh, it's not home stretch, mm. but it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I mean, this is what I love about the show. Mm. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, if, if I looked at the code, I got oil. I think it's an energy that's store. Right, yeah. That's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> then I went, what? Yeah, and and yeah. then I looked through it and I was like, that's interesting. Um, look, it's, it's in an interesting area. They're doing a number of things. Um, screening and surgery potential. Um, it is still a loss maker. They've got money. Management has decent holdings. You know, it, it, it ticks a few boxes. So you can sit there and go, yeah. And, and the, the, what I love about it is it's underperformed. Yep. Mm. So all the hot money is out, mm. right? Mm. So oh, I, look, I like the guy. He is picking interesting stocks mm. and the timing is interesting. He saw mm. some of it. Yeah. He's looking at, I th look, imaging is an interesting area. Yeah. You know, when you get it right, this thing, I mean, I, I still hit me hit myself on the back of the head. We were in T leaks uh, and number of the um, imaging stocks that have gone berserk, yeah, right? The yeah, and, the like. and yeah. Pro these things came way after yeah. Promedicus, and they've gone berserk, even mm. beaten them. So in that context, there are upsides when these things work, mm. right? And I, if I love biotech, health instrument stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I as, as, as just gold, yeah. right? Yeah. When it goes right, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like digging gold. Just you're making gold yeah. by breathing. If it's there's a medical easy. device business, we pretty much have a rule where you have to look at it. Yeah. Right. Because the economics yeah. of medical device companies are magnificent. Oh. Um, and we've had a few successes in the past. Um, yeah, the economics are so good. If one comes up, we have yeah. a look. Oh. Yeah. And, the, and the beauty of it is, once they get one product and they get it out there, yep. then the next one, mm. the marginal cost of getting the next one and getting it marketing is so much less. Right. So that's that's the beauty of it, the scalability and all of that. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, this one is, I'm more interested in this one. Right. Um, I know, I, I was thinking Graf's gonna eat my head Hang off. Hang on, but uh, it's, a, it's an imaging stock, so yeah. it's gotta be interesting. Yeah, yeah. well. But no. uh, look, I think, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I think, see, in this, in this scenario, because I always say you need to have a, like half a dozen odd stocks yep. to manage your risk. I would take money out of PYC and put it into OIL. Okay. Because I think the hot money is out. This thing is, if you, and again, you've got to do your research. You've got to trust the management. Okay. Uh, management's got a decent holding, got cash. Uh, it's a loss maker. So yes, it's a long-term play, high risk. But this one looks better than PYC for so me. So a spec buy for you? Yeah, okay. I don't mind this one. All right, and a definite no for you on your, <laughs> on your thematic. We won't even talk about it. Uh, <laughs> let's go it from biotech to mm. uh, trucks and buckets and oh, water tanks. Thank you. This yes. is the my, other. My, this is more my area, yeah. <laughs> Austin Engineering. Oh, yes. uh, it's located across five continents. Mm. It's in yeah. the um, basically tire handlers, ancillary products. Um, Austin Engineering? 
Yeah, it's a stock of Methan I know well. I actually bought it a couple of years ago um, after Meth brought it to my attention um, and sold it at a reasonably good amount of money. But this is a, one of the better mining services stock. I'm on record as saying if you want to create the crappiest business you can think of with cyclicality, with chronic competition, um, with capital intensity, just go pick a mining <laughs> services stock and you've yeah, got yeah. one ready made for you right there. They are, they've got to be the worst businesses on the market. This one, I would argue, is an exception. This is, um, I think, better than most and better than the numbers betray. So the bulk of this business is actually um, is, is uh, replacement um, trays for big trucks. The massive ones. Uh, the massive ones, right. yeah, yes. Yeah. The big, the big ones. Trucks That's right. Trucks. And you might think, well, where's the money in that? Well, these are, in fact, um, pretty sophisticated pieces of engineering. And when BHP or a, a coal mining business is moving hundreds of tons of dirt, um, every time a, a truck gets stuck, a, a tray gets stuck, or it doesn't expel the, the ore as quickly as it could, is time and money wasted for that miner. So they do custom designs on dump trucks. Um, and and one, of their, um, one of the things is that they, for example, in Canada, there's a, there's a company there that mines, um, um, I think it's uh, iron ore or lithium or something. They're up there in Canada mining this bulk commodity. And the rocks are getting stuck in, um, on the tray because it's so damn cold. Mm. So what they did is, is on their custom truck body, they installed these thermal heaters all the way around the, the wow. lining of the truck tray. Right, your heated seats. Exactly what truck. it is. Yeah, really? yeah. So that for loosens up tray. for a massive tray and that loosens up the rock. Um, and they make about 70% of their revenues just doing that sort of custom design work. Sure. It's very profitable because replacing the tray on the back of a truck is 10% of the cost of the mm. truck. So you can actually prolong the life of the entire operation by constant, consistently replacing that, that body. Right. Um, you wouldn't know it from their profits, which have not been growing very much, because, what is it, 50%, 60% of their volume comes from iron ore and coal. 30% right. of their volume comes from coal. And we all know what's happening to coal volumes. They've collapsed. And so a lot of mm. that revenue has just fallen away. Iron ore has been surprising in that volumes have not responded to prices and you haven't seen that volume growth. So that volume has collapsed. And then you've got copper, mm. which is the third biggest one. It's getting very difficult to find decent grades of copper. And so copper mines haven't been expanding as much as you might think. It's a business with a good product, a good solution, good management. They used to earn returns on capital of 20 plus percent in the good days, and that's way down to single digits now. Yeah. I think there's a cyclical opportunity in this business. Um, I, I don't think it looks expensive, but you do have to believe in a return to the CapEx cycle. Right. And I think with mining companies now preserving capital, being much more careful and squeezing their contractors, I think that's harder to do. I, I think this is still worth a hold. I think it's an interesting business okay. that does good work, but, um, but I think the, the halcyon days are gone for this right. sector. Uh, but look, close to a five-year high. Yeah, no, price. I didn't realise it. The share price yeah, had jumped no, so no, much, it's actually. It's a better bounce. Um, yeah. Oh, look, this is, Gaurav's right. I mean, I've, we've been looking at it for years. For years, right? that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing is they make mm -hmm. the markets, they're a replacement cycle. Three years ago, it was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. And, and all the iron ore guys just delayed it, delayed it, because yeah. they make such good bloody buckets. <laughs> they just kept yeah. on using it without replacing it. So the replacement cycle got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and we're finally seeing that come through. You're seeing the order books really bounce. So this doesn't actually trade on... Forget about the multiple. No, it trades on order book. Order book, that's the, correct. The, the more buckets come in order, share price yeah. goes up. Yeah. So it's had a good run. 
Um, I think the cycle is coming, but there's always a but. Yes, this is a shocking sector because your revenue is locked in mm. and your costs are going up. Yeah, yeah. So you're just getting squeezed. So it's I think get these harder. guys have more price. They, they have a bit more to yeah. it. And they've sold their South American from memory, yes. messy business, messy more business, into euros. Right. So yeah. they're doing better. Management's cleaned it up and the order book looks great. So things are recovering. There's a fair bit in the price now. Um, and I've been following this for years. That's why I, yeah. I look at that and go, and all the brokers, similar to me, got bored of it and left. So mm. the brokers are not covering it as well. Mm. Uh, so in that context, you can see there's not a lot of yep. to it, and it's sort of good. So if you've been there, you've had the run, I'm happy to hold it, because yep. I think the management's doing the right things. But fresh money, uh, I think it's too hard. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve wants a view on Money Me. Uh, Steve says, I recall Gorab mentioned last year, Money Me was a very innovative lender that was not understood by the market. Uh, given it's lost 25% of its value in the last two or three months, it's acquired Society One. Uh, does he still believe this is a reasonable business and re um, uh, represents a good value at these prices? Yeah, I, I actually own it myself. Um, I, I bought some a little while ago. I bought some more recently, and, and I think it's mm. um, it's quite interesting. This is a this has no right to be. A decent business really this is just a recycler of other people's capital and the opportunity has opened up because the big banks are now pulling away from capital lending capital to um to the smaller the borrowers and what they've done is that they've set up these facilities and a new tier of lender has popped up money me and i would say plenty are probably two of the best ones and they're now distributing taking bank money and distributing to um uh, to smaller customers the smaller businesses but um, they're doing it way more innovatively and um, successfully than the banks ever did. And they're doing that by using technology. So the centerpiece of Money Me is a, is a piece of software that, can, that uses, okay, I hate using the buzzwords, but they do yeah. use in AI to run through all their loans and all the numbers and they come up with a simple decision system. Um, and so far that's been remarkably successful. They give you a quick decision, don't they, for small business you've got to let them into your zero or MYOB and their algorithm goes through and pops out and goes, yep, we'll lend your money. Very, very so. quickly, uh, very easily. And I just think management here are superb. Um, mm. These guys have only been around for a few years. They've got over a billion dollars in assets already. And it's not just that they're going and throwing money to anyone who wants. It's actually very easy to grow in this, in this sector. The success is measured by what you say no to, not what you say yes to. Yep. It takes discipline to lend in the right areas. It takes innovation to find new niches to lend money to. So these guys, the, the, the flagship product is called AutoPay. It's, a, um, it's a, a financing tool for, for buying cars. Um, and yep. before the business even launched the product formally, they had dealers knocking on their door saying, mm -hmm. when can we get access to okay. this? Because within, um, I think it's within, uh, is it 60 minutes or so? Because yeah, yeah. um, um, car finance with new regulation really tightened up in the last two years. The regulators brought on a whole bunch of new rules and they, they've automated them all basically. And, and it reduces the friction between deciding to buy a car yep. and then actually paying for it. So it gives you the money in your hand within an hour mm. Um, and it just uh, dealers are knocking dealers down the doors. Yeah. yeah, this thing is um, is flying. That's only one product. They've got several others, all equally innovative, okay. all launched from. It's had this. a big pullback. 
you've been buying more. I think it's worth okay. to buy, yeah. Worth Fantastic buy. management. Just be careful not to, I, I will just watch my portfolio allocation on this. It's, it's, I think it's a good idea and the price is good. But, um, you know, this is, a, a, a bit, this is lending to small businesses yeah. and there is a risk of losses here um, as interest rates rise, is if defaults rise. So I would keep my allocation quite small, but right. it is a buy. Okay, as a growth stock. Um, what yeah. do you think, Nathan? Oh, are you it's good, to, good to disagree for a change. Oh, um, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I you think, wouldn't put no. this up to the investment committee? No, I, I think you, you, know, you hit the nail on the head mm. in your last statement, small business. If yeah. you look at uh, bankruptcies in the US, Australia, mm. historic lows. Yeah. Like we're talking in the US, it's like 50 year lows. Yep. Because there's not much handouts, everyone's just holding on. Um, I think you go into the next six to 12 months, uh, we're gonna mm. have this budget handouts, right? Yeah. Buy, buying, the, buying off the boats, that'll play out. But that reality is if the government loses, then you get nothing uh, because it's all about long-term handouts. So in that context, I think you go into the next six to 12 months, a lot of small businesses are going to hit a bit of a ceiling, they're going to struggle, and I think there's going to be a clean out, and then you'll get the new businesses okay. coming through. I so think that's not, exactly not why the share price has fallen. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be tough. So okay. now is not, the t- it's a deleveraging cycle, so now right. it's not the time. Okay, uh, Jervis Mining from Victoria. Uh, Victoria, not, it's not based in Victoria, ah. Victoria <laughs> is the viewer. Um, uh, what do you think, uh, according to Victoria, that um, this is now in uh, the FTSE All World and ASX 300 uh, indices from the middle of March. Um, what do you think of it? Mineral exploration, also metallurgical testing and research. Um, Nathan, what do you think of Jervis Mining? Cobalt, nickel, I mean, mm. it's hot. Yeah. And it's an explorer. It's done really well. I mean, you look at it over the last couple of years, uh, it's had a, a good run. Yeah, so well, look at I that. I think the market knows it and it's done well and if you've been in any of you know the battery tech um, you've done well mm. battery tech commodities you've done well and this is one of those I I struggle to I mean unless you know management and you trust everything yes but I struggle to buy explorers in hot commodities yeah because it's one to be an explorer you got to get to the uh, commodity to get the prices where the guy who's producing gets the benefit right now, yeah. and they're churning out the cash flow. So in this kind of market, I'd rather be in the guy who's producing and taking advantage okay. of it rather than explorer. When the guys who are producing are insanely priced, then I go for the explorer. Yeah. That's not happening yet. So right. yeah, it's... And that five-year chart shows that it's way more than a five-year high. Yeah. It's hot at the moment. It's done well. What do yeah. you think? Look, this is this is not really an explorer. I've never I've heard of this business by reputation before. Right. I've heard people, um, you know, conferences, colleagues talk about it a little bit, but I've never looked at it. And it's the first time I had a chance to look at it. Um, and it's a it's a good little business. I, I was quite impressed actually. Mm. I think management need to be given a lot of kudos. They are in two fiendishly difficult areas: cobalt and nickel. Yeah. I mean, geologically, in terms of processing, hard work. Uh, 70% of the world's world's cobalt production is in Congo. Congo has more cobalt lying around in tailings dams than than the rest of the world has combined in deposits. So uh, to some extent, you're at a hostage to what Congo does um, with its cobalt supply. But the flip side is a lot of big tech businesses don't want to work in Congo. 
Um, Apple actually owns its own mine in Congo, doing its own cobalt production. Right. Um, they don't put that in the annual report. That well, they probably do actually, but yeah, yeah. most people don't know that Apple owns a, owns a cobalt yeah. mine. But um, they do that because they don't want kids working in those mines, and right. um, it is dodgy as hell in Congo. Right. And um, and so having an external supplier of cobalt is is I, I think there's something to it. It's valuable. So they've, they've got this um, this deposit over in the US, which they're working on. They should be up and running, I believe, next year, Maeth. Um, they've also got a processing facility. Looks looks very complicated over in South America that they're working on. And they're getting cash flow from a small specialty metals operation in Finland. I know that seems like a disparate piece pieces, yeah. but they all do kind of fit together. Um, the complexity is what worries me. So far, they have pulled it off. I, yeah. I, I give them credit. They've done a good job here. I would back them. I reckon mm. you can hold this. I'm look. I I don't quite understand the the process. It's that processing thing. I think you want to wait until they've up and running a little bit more if you're more yeah. risk um, risk averse. But so far, this uh, this is impressive. I'm impressed. Okay. But it's, it's also bad. benefits yeah. from what's happening on geopolitics that they want to have these commodities yeah. available and having operations in the U.S. It's like gold at the moment. Yep. If you're yeah, in I the, think that's one right. of those, yeah. if you're in the one of those geopolitical commodities yeah. and you have operations in the U.S., you're going to get financial support. Yeah. So that's again, they're okay. all in the right places. All right, let's recap the final uh, or the first five stocks. ASX, a hold. Um, I thought we we're going to run short of time on this show because Gaurav said he would have nothing to say on PYC and OptiScan. We're running so late uh, because <laughs> all these two did was talk about these two stocks. Uh, PY, PYC a no, uh, OptiScan a no from uh, Gorad, but a spec buy from um, from Mathan. Um Austin a hold, Money Me a buy from uh, Gorad, a no from Mathan. Uh, Jervis a hold from uh, uh, Gorad and a no from Mathan. So. Uh, um, also, don't forget if you want to see any of the stocks in the calls portfolio, the investment committee, due to discuss, uh, they're having their monthly meeting at the, in the next couple of days uh, to check on the portfolio. The portfolio as it stands is BHP, Macquarie, Minres, Steadfast, Aristocrat, Ordinate, CSL, NextDC, Universal, half units in Qantas Frontier, Digital Ventures, 20% in cash, and uh, all of the... Um, uh, buyers and sells will come that have happened on the call in the last month will come up to the investment committee this week. So they'll be having another meeting which you'll be able to see very shortly. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, next five stocks in this half hour. Globe International, APM Human Services, MMA Offshore, Endeavour Group and NIB. We've got to get cracking in this uh, for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, Haley wants a view on Globe International, the um, um, apparel, footwear, skateboard, uh, goods, that sort of stuff. Sort of, It's a skater boy and girl sort of whole culture. Uh, which is in a hundred countries around the world, 
And when you think of a, a skater boy, um, client or investor, you immediately think of Gaurav Sodhi. Uh, Gaurav, Globe International. Yes, yeah, so this, this for, for many, many years, this has been my biggest holding. Um, right. It's now my second biggest holding after coal stocks. Um, but this well, is a business whisper, I... can only whisper that, that in this environment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right, which is, which is precisely the opportunity, mind you. Right, yeah. Um, but, but this is a, a really good business, I think, that is completely misunderstood because the company doesn't split out its, um, its divisional earnings. And inside this business, the biggest um, part of the business isn't globe or skating, it's actually workwear. FXD oh, yeah. is a workwear business that competes with Kingji. And I, I, th I think it's probably worth between 100, 150 million dollars by itself. Wow. Um, they're hugely successful in Australia. They are now, in fact, I've got an FXD backpack just uh, just over here. Um, they are now rolling out in the US, and they're increasing their stock lists um, quite markedly. Okay. It generates a lot of cash flow, pays back sensible dividends. Um, FXD is a great brand, but what I really like, the real upside here is. You got two brothers running this business. This company is their life. Um, they've been running it since inception, and they mm. are just such good learners. Um, they had a big hit a couple of years ago with Impala Skates, which became a uh, internet sensation. Yep. And the results last year um, reflect the benefit of that Impala's um, division. And they've since come off a little bit, but the rest of the company is growing swiftly enough to mask those losses from a fad that has now faded away. So this is actually a high growth company that, that doesn't look like it's growing quickly. Um, but because they had that big success, um, they have learned how to market online, they've learned how to build brands, and they've okay. learned how to create product. Right. They've already got a whole suite of new products underway, new brands being launched. I think this is a really good business, so really innovative levels? company. I'd be buying it. This has come okay. off a bit. I think it looks very interesting. Okay. It's super, super illiquid. It's taken me a long time to build my position. Um, and, um, and be careful about that liquidity, but yes, bye. Nathan? Yeah, uh, sad to say that uh, I did learn about this stock through Gaurav. From me, I yeah. probably <laughs> hammered you he with did, it. He did hammer me for a long time yeah. about it, and it is good. Um, I, I think of them as more of a brand developer. Yeah, that's so, right. So mm. they've, they've got yeah. their frequent flyer program, so they've got their customer base, and they're very good at creating like-for-like -like brands, and then that creates them another product suite. Yep. So think of like, Coca-Cola coming up with new, different ways to sell Coke to you, and it's about maturity products, so you just gotta come up with new things to keep it going. And that's what these guys do. They've got a really good track record of doing it, and you got a back management, and yeah, I look, I think this is, you know, retail is a tough sector. Yeah. Mm. You don't just pick retail right and now. And we've got really good retailers We do. Oh, too. look, there are some that are really, really good, good, and they've proven yeah, yeah. themselves, and some just got lucky and they got found out now. Right. Uh, and there's a quite a few. It's harsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a fact. Okay. You can yeah, yeah. see it in the numbers. Mm. You can't, I mean, so you is this a good one? I think this is one of the better ones. At these and, levels? And I think you buy it, yeah. Okay. I, think, I think these guys are, the brand okay. developing is what you're buying. All right. So, so that's two, two yeses. And when you consider universal is already in the calls portfolio, that's going to be an interesting that discussion. Is, it is, it is. Uh, at the Globe, meeting this Globe week. is an owner of brands. Universal, yeah. only part of their stuff they sell. Yeah. So if you think about yeah. what went, so what went wrong... Them? Yeah, so you, you think mm. about what went Real wrong switch. with Maya, it's the fact that they don't have any brands. Correct. This is a brand developer. So mm. you would think of switching out of Universal into this? Yeah, I'd have to put my pitch, see how the rest of them go. But yeah, you know, exactly right. So. That will be a discussion later mm. in the week. All right, uh, APM um, Human Services only floated 
um, last November, uh, provider of health and human services. Now, if you're wondering what all that means, um, they help people get employed. Uh, the government is their, uh, their biggest customer and the government's Job Active and Disability Employment Services Program, they implement a lot of that. Uh, they also work with BUPA and the National Disability Insurance Agency as mm -hmm. well. Uh, Nathan, what do you think of APM? Yeah, so I, I didn't know about the stock, so again, another stock that I learned about. Only newly listed. And yeah, yeah and I looked, I said, 2.7 billion. I was shocked <laughs> as well, I was shocked. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was my first reaction, it's like, uh, 2.7 billion and I don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give you some data. If uh, an IPO underperforms in the first six months, don't go there. Yeah. Uh, and this is underperforming. Right. And, and it's a 2.7 billion. I keep saying that. Yeah. Two point. And so this is not a surprise thing. The market looked at the numbers, looked at it and said, oh, look, it's, it's not anything. Is it special? And I go, hmm, the market's not... Okay, so but sure. you look at that chart, you're saying underperforming, but had the big blip up in the yeah. early days, which you always get the first week or so. Exactly. And, and then it's, it's traded sideways. Guys, right? guys, yeah. come on, stop looking at the chart. Let's yeah. talk about the business. No, I, it's not, like when I look, look at the business, I'm yeah. not sitting there going, uh, it doesn't look anything special. Yes, it dominates in, in a yeah. safety, yield play type approach, mm. but it's, is it going to shoot the lights out? Is it going to be the, the growth that's going to suddenly grow? Yeah, you know, that's limited by what they do. So yeah, I, I don't. No. It doesn't excite me. Okay. So I'm kind of went no. Nah. Mm. Okay. You my first. Oh, you could be excited. Yeah, yeah I know. Look, I know. My, my first reaction. Busting. I, I looked at what this. I, I I expected to see a crappy little business. Um, yeah. You know, I thought it was going. I thought it was going to be. I never heard of it before. And I, my eyes popped out of my head when I saw two point six billion dollars. I thought, how have I not heard of a two point six <laughs> yeah, billion dollar exactly. business? But yeah, newly, newly listed. Perth. Yeah, um, right. often yeah. actually you do find a lot of the financial communities East Coast based, yeah. and that's why if you look at WA based businesses, I own one called Pentanet, and that's also completely off the radar, um, but but WA based. But anyway, let's talk about this. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was quite shocked when I saw it. Um, owner led, founder led, um, started by um, a pretty amazing woman in 1994, who then went on to buy. Theresa Rains, Kevin Rudd's oh. wife's business. See, I was going to bring yes. up Therese right, because yeah. she built a big business. A big business. To this. That's right. So she, yeah, this, uh, APN she acquired it. That's right. Ah, and these guys okay. are in uh, North America and in Europe and in Australia. Now, when I looked through the accounts, they were an absolute mess, and I could not make sense of them because they're doing about you know hundreds of millions of dollars of, of revenue in Australia, but only a handful of dollars of profit. So what's happening there is because um, this is the IPO year the accounts are a mess, they've restructured their debt and they've bought back some um, convertible notes, there's foreign currency losses, there's mark to market, there's a whole bunch of mess um, that needs to be adjusted for in those accounts. So I think that's actually why it's really stayed off the radar is because mm. it screens awfully, but then go over to the cash flow, this thing pours out cash. There is wonderful cash flow available here and lots and lots of free cash flow. The team's been together for a long time. The CEO looks great. Chairwoman looks great. I think this is a good management team. They've built, come from nothing uh, in the 90s to build a substantial global business. From where I can tell, this is the number two business in its field globally. And there is a long way to grow potentially. I think these guys know exactly what they're doing. Uh, this is on my watch list. This looks very interesting to me. Okay. I probably need to do more work on the revenue model. It looks like there are several different revenue models and I'd want to understand how cash flows through that business right. a bit better. 
But this is super interesting. Thank you for bringing it up. 2.6 billion math, we'd I never know. heard of it. But so it should be, be a hold, but on your watch list. Hold, but watch interesting list. The interesting part yeah. is almost over 60% is held by the top 5% yeah, by I know shareholders. That's good. Eh? So yeah. that's, that's a positive sign. The, yeah. the, the one thing that, that I think it has going against it is, um, is it was bought to market by a PE firm, and before it came to market, there's a oh. lot of intangibles sitting on that balance sheet. Right. So um, I think what a deeper dive will reveal is, is, just, is this a PE stitch-up job, whereby nice. they just go up and, and buy stuff yeah. and aggregate it, and then yeah. IPO it, Real. or is this a, a, yeah. a, the real deal? And, and we need a deep burnt, dive. Burnt by yeah. that in the past. Yeah. That's right. It reminds um, me a bit of um, Ingham, which was a classic yeah. PE job, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or uh, Dick Smith, right? The Dick classic. Smith oh, yeah. and Meyer. Yeah. And, yeah. and Meyer, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are some. So that, that's my caution. <laughs> yeah. um, it needs some, some work. common links for all of those yeah. too. Mm. All right, um, Dwayne wants a, a view. Uh, Gaurav on MMA offshore. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, he, he addresses it specifically to you. I can understand. Saying why. Yeah. with the resurgence in oil, they appear to be trade at half book value and are starting to win contracts and making progress with debt reduction. What are your thoughts for offshore oil like this? It provides a lot of the marine services for offshore platforms, does it? Yeah, this has been a, a big disaster blow up. And of course, after all blew up, I, I went in and I've been a shareholder. I was a shareholder in this for some time. Um, I sold out, made no money out of it and put my money elsewhere. But my thesis was that um, this was a company that had a lot of assets. It was asset rich and it had way too much debt. So what they had to do was had to sell off some of these boats, um, had to refresh wow. in their asset base and then get some more contracts through. Now there was a Hong Kong investor called Black Crane who was on the register, owned a significant portion of this stock and the dude owned a specific, uh, a large proportion of a similar stock based in Hong Kong. And I thought, this guy's got a history of actually putting these businesses together. I thought wow. he would actually bring those two together and fix up the balance sheet. That has not happened, but um, fortunately there has been a, um, a cyclical upturn and I yeah. think the balance sheet still carries yeah. too much debt, but they are selling assets, they are getting contracts. It looks to me as though the turnaround is underway. I think for new money, so when I did the sums, I got to, to 80.8 of net asset value. I would buy this, when I bought this, it was 10% of net asset value. Right. And at that sort of price, you can take on a, a crappy business with too much debt and, uh, and, and um, at the wrong point of the cycle. At 0.8%, I think this is merely a hold. Right. I think you're right, I think the, the view is right. I think there is a turnaround happening here, but there's still a lot of risk and the price is not cheap okay. enough. Nathan? Yeah, look, let's be quick. This is one of those ones, Matrix and um, MRM. Yeah. Uh, were the ones that we've talked about That's when right, oil yeah, turns, yeah. these things will yeah, run, yeah, yeah. and it's run. Um, Mark is getting excited, but it's tough. It, this is really tough. Yeah. It's a sector that's tough, and they've got a lot of debt. So if something goes wrong, these things have fall pretty quickly. So right. risk return, uh, I'm not chasing not for this. You. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Summer wants to be on Endeavour Group, the big liquor and hotel group, spun out of Woolies, owns Dan Murphy's, BWS and the like. Oh, you know, who doesn't love to drink in Australia, yep. even in a lockdown? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good model uh, and they've been acquiring and with an opening up in hospitality, yep. they'll do even better. I think this is, and I said it before, this could be a potential Bunnings of 
um, alcohol play. Right. Um, and with hospitality, there's a lot of cheap assets out there, and they keep. So you're saying it could be a Wes Farmers of yeah, hospitality. I, I think so. I, I think it's, it's you know the, I, I, for me it's starting to look a bit like South Thirty Two. Right. You know the ugly duckling that gets thrown out, mm -hmm. and then it becomes a better model. It's not going to attract the ESG investor. That's no. fine because mm -hmm. they weren't there to start with. But I think this is an interesting one. I like it. Uh, we yeah. have it in our model, and we like it. All right. Pretty high. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. This is I think this has um, character, characteristics of a very good business. I suspect the spin out was forced for ESG yeah. reasons. Yes. Which means this is a company that Woolies would probably like to own but can't. Um, these spin offs, it's, it's got good management who have never had a chance to independently run this thing, and I suspect if it was competing with supermarkets for capital it may not be flush with capital. So right. there's probably room here to improve operations and to expand that margin. Um, they are so dominant in liquor retail. And when you think about liquor retail, the whole thing is opening up and going away from big brands towards more niche products. Yep. If you're a niche provider, you must have Endeavor as a distribution partner. Yep. It's become a, a must have in the industry. Yep. Very powerful business. Um, I like those pub margins. They're about three times the retail margin. I'm gonna call this as a buy. A buy as well. But, okay. But um, yeah, it's, okay. I'd like to get it cheaper, but I'll call it a yeah. buy. Yeah. Well, they're making plenty of money out of non-alcoholic yeah. beer, that's for sure. <laughs> I've, I've, I've introduced a thing that before yeah. five o'clock on a weekend, I don't drink during the week. Before five o'clock, I'll only drink non-alcoholic beers uh, because I have sons-in-law who lead me astray. I'll blame them. <laughs> You pay the same price for a yeah. slab of non-alcoholic yeah, beer, which is basically soft drink. That's right. Um, <laughs> as you do with liquor in it. And there's no right. liquor tax in them or yeah. whatever. At least with alcohol, you don't greatest, remember how much you paid. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is the greatest rort. Add 10% to that shit price. Yeah. All right, last <laughs> stock, we've got to be quick. NIB yeah. Holdings, private health insurance. Generally, everyone runs away from it. Yeah. NIB does pretty well. It's, it's a, a su superbly managed, a yeah. wonderful management here. And, and you're right, Koshi, this is a tough business. It's tough because NIB has done all the hard work of getting young people who don't need all the all the, uh, all the old people stuff. All, all people stuff. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Right. I didn't mean to point at you when yeah, I said yeah, that. You but. did, but you did and I did notice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they don't actually get to keep that benefit because yes. the industry works with the optimization fund. Yeah. So they actually have to pay money into mm -hmm. that fund every year. And uh, um, what's that big one? Medicare Private gets the benefit yeah. of it. So yeah. tough business, but superbly run. If you're there, I'd say hold. Yeah. Um, but I think there are better places for capital, to be honest. Nathan? Nah, look, it's a really good business. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Management is great. Tough part of the cycle. I think the travel insurance bounces back a bit. Yeah. But overall, consumer spending will be down and this will struggle. Um, for me, it's a sell. It's priced for. It's been in a couple it's a of sell. Oh, it's a okay. sell. It's, it's had a mini downgrade, mm. right. and it is so good that everyone who wants to be there is already there. Right. And I think there's been more sellers, so okay. I, I'd be getting out. All right, let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Globe, a yes from both of the guys. Uh, it gets put towards our investment committee. Uh, APM, a no from Nathan. A hold from Gorab, and he's going to do more work into it. Uh, interest in the business on his watch list. MMA offshore, a hold from Gorab, a no from Nathan. Endeavour Group, a yes from both of them. So again, that'll go to the investment committee. And NIB, a uh, good executive team, good business, but horrible sector. Uh, a hold from Gorab and a sell from Nathan. 
Uh, Grove Sodi from Intelligent Investor, good to see you. Good, uh, good to Nathan Somers and always great to see. Good to be. They're here. terrific, the always. two of them, aren't they? <laughs> always great to see you too. Um, that's it for us for mm. today. If you've got any stocks that you want to put to our expert panel, and you can identify individual experts, the regulars that we have, and we'll keep them for that panel as we do today with Nathan and Gorab. Put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. All the stocks in the calls portfolio, ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. As we said, the investment committee will meet later this week at the end of the month to uh, analyse the portfolio. <laughs>